Welcome to this meditation. I like the picture of the lemur finding his inner peace. I love lemurs. So let's be that lemur. And um, we uh, just welcome you to this meditation. If you'd like to turn your screens off and just settle in, we're going to find some peace in the moment. Lao Tzu is known to have said, if there is to be peace in the world, there must be peace in the nations. If there is to be peace in the nations, there must be peace in the cities. If there is to be peace in the cities, there must be peace between neighbors. If there is to be peace between neighbors, there must be peace in the home. If there is to be peace in the home, there must be peace in the heart. All that we are arises with our thoughts and with our thoughts, we create our world. You have an opportunity in each moment to flow peace, constriction, sadness, fear, jealousy, love, happiness, resentment, fulfillment, or peace. So take a long, slow, deep breath right now and feel your heart fill with peace. And now flow that back out into the world. Let's do that one more time. Long, slow, deep breath in and feel yourself fill with peace. And let that go. Let's close our eyes, sit comfortably and surrender to the sacred precious moment. Maya Angelou wrote, in our joy, we think we hear a whisper. At first, it is too soft, then only half heard. We listen carefully as it gathers strength. We hear sweetness. The word is peace. It is loud now, louder than the explosion of bombs. We tremble at the sound. We are thrilled by its presence. It is what we have hungered for not just the absence of war, but true peace, a harmony of spirit and comfort of courtesies, security for our beloveds and their beloveds. We, angels and mortals, believers and non-believers, look heavenward and speak the word aloud, peace. We look at our world and speak the world aloud, Peace. We look at each other and then into ourselves and we say without shyness or apology or hesitation, peace, my brother, peace, my sister, peace, my soul. 
So breathe in peace right now and flow it back out. Let's do that one more time. Long, slow, deep breath of peace and gently release it. In this moment, where can you bring more peace to your life, into your heart, into your thoughts, into your words, into your actions? Is there one courtesy that we can extend to someone in our lives right now that might be the way for peace? Is there a forgiving that we can effortlessly flow to another being that would allow greater peace between us? Is there someone you're feeling greater than in this moment that you could give dignity to? Acknowledging that the light in you and the light in them is the same light, the light of love, the light of compassion, the light of peace. Is there a conversation left unsaid? Is there a thank you that could flow from your lips? Is there a relationship that carries unnecessary turbulence that you could surrender to? In each moment, we have the opportunity to ask ourselves, do I want peace or do I want to be right? In Hebrew, the word shalom is used as a greeting or saying goodbye. I looked it up. It says, it means well wishes, a blessing of peace, harmony, wholeness, completeness, prosperity, welfare, and tranquility. Shalom. Peace to you, my friends. You're welcome to come back when you're ready. Steen next, is it his turn? Okay. All right. Thanks so much, Janine. Appreciate that. Ooh, peace. Wow. Been interesting uh, watching the election going on across the border. I don't know about you, I, I feel a degree of peace. Um, so today our scripture is Matthew 5, 9. And I just wanted to camp out on that. It's a, such a powerful single verse in this high point of Jesus's teaching. 
Blessed are the peacemakers. Uh, in my translation, it says, for they will be called the children of God. Uh, other translations said they will be recognized as the children of God. And I really liked that, that recognized, because sometimes, you know, we call ourselves, I am, you know, a child of God. But when it's recognized, it's other people seeing your words and actions and going, I recognize a child of God there. I recognize a peacemaker reflecting God. And so that puts the onus on us just living it and being a peacemaker. And uh, then letting others recognize that in us. In Jesus's teaching and in his life, and I add not just his teaching, his words, but his life, because uh, the way he lived is just as important as his words. Uh, sometimes words can be twisted and manipulated, but how he lived, as recorded by the witnesses in the gospel, the ones who were recognizing something, it's harder to distort his actions. Well, what are some of the things we see in his actions? Well, we see modeled nonviolence. We see uh, modeled peacemaking actions. And Jesus, in his words, clearly says, turn the other cheek. He, he actually says it. Um, and he clearly does not say, um, return violence for violence. Or achieve peace through violence. He does not say those things. Basically, there is no way to peace except through the hard work of peacemaking itself. And, and it's hard. It's not easy. It's not the easy road. It's not about being a doormat or, you know, shoved under the carpet. It's, it's, it's hard. It sometimes takes real backbone to be a peacemaker. Um, but if we look, look around, many people, even some who call themselves Christians, firmly believe that they can achieve peace through violence, saying, we will stop killing by killing. That couldn't be more opposite of Jesus's teachings. And sadly, this is how many often think. Um, uh, Jesus teaching is opposite of that as, as the teachings of, of all the great religious teachers that the world has known. Um, what, what is it? It's this need for immediate control, this impatience that leads us to disconnect with the other, uh, whoever the other is at that given time, in order to act out violently with our words and our actions. So I, I love history just as an amateur history buff, I guess. Love looking at things, but I'm just gonna do a couple of light things here. But, but I do wanna say, you know, going back as far as I wanna go with the Crusades, like think about the focus of the Crusades. The mantra was God wills it. It's like God wills that I stab you, you know? And on the other side, the Muslims are doing the same thing. Allah wills it, you know, that I, and so you have these two groups saying, we're about peace, 
but they're saying the road to peace is through violence. Um, when I started pastoring, it was in the Mennonite Brethren Church, and I discovered this distinctive, I, I actually didn't know before I started being a youth pastor with them, that there was this huge distinction of peace, not going to war, peacemaking. And so in order to be ordained in that denomination, they there was required reading for me to read. And I was really impacted by one book. I'm sorry, I don't remember the book, but it told a story of an American GI in World War II. And uh, he had just blown up a bunker of Japanese soldiers. And when they went through the site of the destruction and carnage there, he, he saw the body of a dead Japanese soldier clinging to uh, a, a Japanese little red Gideon Bible. And he reached into his pocket and pulled out the very same little red Gideon Bible in English. And that was just a moment for this soldier to go, what have I just done? Have I just killed a, a brother in the Lord? And um, various other things I read there got, got my head uh, thinking. I, you know, I was raised in a Baptist denomination and it's just like, lock and load, Baptist, king, get the gun out. You know, you know, the philosophy was, okay, Jesus came nice this time, but he be coming back and he's going to, you know, yeah, you guys are going to get it. That, I mean, I don't think that was specifically taught, but that was definitely a thing that, that I picked up somewhere along the line. Um, just recently in, in our lifetime, uh, many Christians supported the killing of 200,000 Iraqi people during the Gulf War. Um, I, it, it, it's shocking to know that there's a, a military missile that's the design of the, the purpose of the missile is to destroy human life. Uh, but they've named this missile the Peacekeeper. I mean, that this is the opposite of Jesus's teaching. And we've too often bought in to this way of thinking. Um, uh, we could go on, but, but the point is, is that this is keeping a false peace. You know, sometimes in our politics, it can be very ugly and injurious, and it can be filled with fear-filled thoughts and, and words and actions and really accentuating the us and them, because that's what you need to do in order to be violent is to create us and them uh, thinking. And, and a peacekeeper is one that would try to, okay, let's work together. Let's be a team. It's not us and them. We are one. And uh, if we're like Janine said in her devotional, if we're pushing, you know, always to be right, uh, pushing for some so-called high uh, moral ground, and that, that justifies our power and control. Jeremiah the prophet spoke about this false peace in Jeremiah 8, 11 to 12, where he said, peace, peace, whereas there is no peace. They should be ashamed of uh, their loathsome deeds, but not they. They feel no shame. 
They do not even know how to blush. And so this is an ancient problem of this violent form of false peace. Often those at the top are usually blind to the price paid for their false peace. Think of the ancient Egyptians. You know, how much blood to create those pyramids or the old Roman Empire. Or even the old British Empire with its conquer the world mentality. Um, we in prosperous, are we in prosperous North America any different? Um, I, I just finished this book. Uh, Kayleen and Shane told us to read it. Uh, 21 Things You Didn't Know About the Indian Act. And you know what? I surprised myself at how many places I had a false concept of what had gone on with our indigenous people. Um, it, was, it was amazing uh, to, to me to identify incorrect thinking that I had picked up that would support me holding, um, let's say violent, but you know, judgmental thoughts about indigenous people. And so, you know, I'm just gonna recommend it again to get that, it should be in every Canadian household, <laughs> this copy, but it is legit. I mean, it's got all the, the government letters of John A. Macdonald and all the, the, the government policies and their purposes and points, which, which totally set up our, our indigenous friends for uh, failure and chaos and basically a cultural genocide. So, you know, um, I was going to talk about that later, but the, the point being is that it is hard work. How can we be peacemakers? How can we be peacemakers today? I'm going to give you three things. And uh, first of all, it begins with being peace ourselves. Almost like some of Janine's devotional reading being peace ourselves, being connected with the source of peace within. Now I'm gonna come back to this in my conclusion, this point of being peace ourselves. Secondly, it comes with standing up in nonviolent resistance to systems of injustice. And if you just think about what Martin Luther King Jr did in his lifetime and, and even what we see in the Black Lives Matter, just like they're not being violent. I mean, maybe they're on the streets, but they're standing against injustice and uh, like Gandhi did and Gandhi had to get crowds on the street. Uh, Mandela, uh, even I'm thinking of the, the suffragettes that uh, struggled to give women the vote. You're welcome women, you haven't quite had a hundred years but it's nice to have you voting. From what I saw down across the line today, I, I'm really happy with the women voters and what they did in America. But I mean, in Canada, it was uh, Mary McClung was one of our heroes in the suffragette movement of standing up against a wrong uh, system in a, in a nonviolent way. So that's hard work. And, and so being peace ourselves, standing up, in nonviolent ways where we see 
injustice. And thirdly, educating ourselves, like doing the hard work of reading a book to educate yourself. This is all just straight Canadian government documents. So this isn't anything made up, uh, but it's hard work to read a book. It's, it's hard work to uh, educate yourself in nonviolent communication. There's a really good book out, uh, Marshall Rosenberg's book, Nonviolent Communication. There's probably other books out. I used Nonviolent Communication in the prisons, that book. I would say it's not actually the best written book, but what's really good about it is that each chapter concludes with practices. Because it's one thing to just read a book, but if you don't integrate it and practice these things, um, it, it's not gonna stick in you. Even taking a course in um, uh, conflict management, uh, conflict resolution. Uh, there's a lot of good courses out there, you know, in our community colleges and whatnot. And um, uh, uh, in, in, right now we got Christine Baumhoff, wave Christine, if you can. She's uh, heading up uh, restorative justice in Abbotsford. And, you know, they started with just working with teens who did a crime and rather than them getting a, a record, you know, trying to do conflict resolution uh, to restore relationships and build a community. And then now they've expanded and they often do people of uh, not just teenagers and stuff and uh, have been called into many situations for conflict resolution. And um, people can get a degree in conflict management, conflict resolution. That's where I was exposed to some courses uh, in the uh, restorative justice group of, of Abbotsford. Um, and I mean, taking a course, it costs you money, it costs you time, it's hard work. But you know what, we need to grow in these areas. We, this is about being a peacemaker. And learning a few skills can really, really help. Um, we, even in family matters, we, we kind of hit a wall with in, in family and we hired a, a conflict management consultant in a fam to resolve a family situation. And uh, I'm sure John and Susie have done that with many couples in the counseling, uh, you know, where you guys are kind of like a referee, but you're, you're using the conflict resolution skills and, and we can develop these. We can grow in this. So, um, yeah, so being peace ourselves. This is what Jesus is calling us to. Uh, learning a new way to talk that isn't manipulative and harmful. Growing in nonviolent communication. Growing in skills of conflict management. Um, these are practices. So let me conclude this morning with a, a practice on point one. Being peace yourself. And I got this when I was reading something from Richard Rohr. Uh, he was he founded in a, a Sanskrit and ancient Buddhist practice. Now it's not a religion; it is a practice, like our liturgies, our practices. Like when we sing a chorus over and over again to sink a truth down into our souls. When we sing Alleluia over and over again, it's about bringing that shalom peace into us. And so this is a little rhythmic practice for us to uh, sort of uh, say together. And uh, I'm going to say a phrase. And I'm going to ask 
you to echo it. Uh, it is a litany of liberation or detachment. Because when we get impatient and violent, it's because we're attached to things. Um, the spiritual art of detachment is like in our Bible, an exodus. And that we all need a personal exodus, especially living in a capitalistic society, which we live in, which is all about clinging to uh, possessions and clinging to our money. And the, it, those are our idols today. Um, so the road to personal peace is especially important in our capitalistic society. And so this is a litany of detachment. And uh, um, I, I didn't think much of it until Janine read it through to me. And then it, it kind of hit me. I went, wow, this is a great step towards being peace ourselves. Because uh, like I, Michael J. Fox, I referred to him last week. He says, we all have a future. Even through COVID, we have a future. We have a future until we don't. So we do have an end that is reflected in this litany of detachment and living our lives in light of this. So I say a phrase and then each of you in your little homes and sitting at your desk in front of your computers and some, some of you are a couple or some of you are families, I see. But then you repeat after my phrase in this rhythmic way, gone, gone, entirely gone. So Janine's gonna be my echo here for reading this. So we're gonna get started. Are you ready? A little practice. All the centuries before me. Gone, gone, entirely gone. All the nations of the earth. Gone, gone, gone entirely, entirely gone. gone. All the kings, generals and governors. Gone, 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 gone entirely gone. All wars, plagues and tragedies. Gone, gone, entirely gone. All human achievements by individuals and groups. Gone, gone, entirely gone. All sickness, sin, and error. Gone, gone, entirely gone. All our identities, roles, and titles. Gone, gone, entirely gone. All hurts, grudges, and memories of offense. Gone, gone, entirely gone. All enslavement, abuse, and torture. Gone, gone, entirely gone. All disease, afflictions, and lifetime wounds. Gone, gone, entirely gone. All rejections, abandonments, and betrayals. Gone, gone, entirely gone. All human glory, fame, money, and reputation. Gone, gone, entirely gone. Okay, just gonna take one little pause before we complete. Your logical, educated mind might be saying, but Dean, these things continue, which is true. But the point is religious theater or religious litany, not rational philosophy. The biggest picture of uh, the fact that we do end someday is to shock your ego to the courageous place of letting go. Letting go of the false self. Letting go of the passing self. We've got a few more to conclude. Just be at peace 
and repeat with the gone, gone, entirely gone. All comforts, luxuries, and pleasures. Gone, gone, entirely gone. All ideas, information, and ideology. Gone, gone, entirely gone. All image, appearance, and privacy. Gone, gone, entirely gone. All our superiority, self-assuredness, and expertise. Gone, gone, entirely gone. All human rights, ambitions, and fairness. Gone, gone, entirely gone. All personal power, self-will, and self-control. Gone, gone, entirely gone. Let me pray. God, I just pray that you would just grow in peace in my friends' lives. As we detach of the things that we would normally fight about, may peace reign in our hearts, our lives, our bodies, our homes, and our communities. I just call you all, be peace, my friends. Be peace. Amen.